0: Before we get into today's game scoop, let's take a moment for a shout out to our sponsor, Squarespace. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create an awesome website, connect with your audience and sell anything, all in one place, all on your terms. With Squarespace, you can easily sell custom merch and create a passive income stream. You design your products and production, inventory and shipping are all handled for you, saving you time and money. You can sell your products in an online store. Whether you sell physical, digital, or service products, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. Use insights to grow your business, learn where your site visits and sales are coming from, and analyze which channels are most effective. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on top keywords or most popular products. Ready to get started? Head over to squarespace.com gamescoop for a free trial. And when it's showtime, use our special promo code, GAMESCOOP, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week is Sam Claiborne. Hey, everybody. Justin Davis. Scoop. And Michael Swaim has returned. Welcome back to the show, Michael. Swaim Scoop. Uh, Tina's Scoop. very, very busy this week, so she regrets she has to sit this one out. But we're very happy to have uh, Michael Swaim back. Uh, I'm thrilled you, to be here. You were very popular last time, Michael. You've got quite quite yeah. the fan base. Good reception. Yeah. yeah, I was buzzing. I got send, a meanie. Send us a... I want Swaim, <laughs> send
2: Swaim fan art.
0: Yeah, let's get some swim fan art in here.
2: Uh, frankly, I asked for you not to be back on because you made us look bad.
3: <laughs> yeah, but yeah. as as Time Cops, can't you go back in time and make me not have done that?
0: We are mm. Omega Cops. Omega time, I'm sorry. Time Cops.
3: Well, I would assume Omega. if you're Omega, that encompasses the Time Cops. <laughs> See, I saved it.
2: Uh, I uh, got kicked out of Time Cop when I was a kid. I Man. went to a oh. movie with a friend.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: we were like 13 or whatever. <laughs> went in and we're sitting down. His mom had bought us tickets and then went to like, you know, shop in the mall or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Us up there. And uh, the usher came down who was probably a year <laughs> older than us. <laughs> He's like, Sirs, how can, how can I see some ID? And we're like, we're well, already watching the damn movie. And then uh, he evicted us. And then his wow. mom went to the ticket counter. She's like, I bought tickets for them to go see. I, I think I can make that decision. They're like, sorry, this is a rated R movie. <laughs> I have a
5: similar, I have a similar story where I was eight or nine and um, Jurassic Park was in movie theaters, and a bunch of my friends went to the movie theater. And uh, I guess there must have been a grown-up with us, or maybe they went to go see a grown-up movie instead. And um, we <laughs> had tickets. We had tickets to see Cool Runnings, and all my <laughs> friends snuck in. They're like, "We're going to go see Jurassic Park," and I'm like, "No, I, I want to see Cool Runnings.
4: The movie seems <laughs> really fun so
3: I think so <laughs> both have stood the test of time.
5: <laughs> they really probably. have. Yeah, probably. Um, so I sat there by by myself as like a nine year old and watched school <laughs> runnings when all my friends saw Jurassic Park.
3: Okay, I'm sorry. I gotta go. I got to go. The, uh, the first R-rated movie I snuck into with my little brother, three years my junior, with me was The Piano. And we just did oh it because it was R-rated. It turns <laughs> out it's, that movie's R-rated because Harvey Keitel appears fully nude in it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So we just saw a tense drama and Harvey Keitel nude. And we're like, I don't see what the big deal is <laughs> with these R-rated movies. It was no Jurassic Park
2: you're like this is what grown-up movies are
3: yeah exactly
2: (laughs) ass uh
0: well anyway we have a great uh game scoop for you uh this week we're gonna be talking about the nintendo giga leaks a little bit giga leak is not a new pokemon uh one of our (laughs) our listeners has uh some nitpicks about ghosts of tsushima they'd like to share with us but first let's talk about the xbox showcase uh from last week last week we had to record before the xbox showcase uh robbing the world of our opinions of the show. So we're even though we're a little bit late, we can uh we can but solve last. that problem now.
2: But last, but last, last. how <laughs> uh, Harvey Keitel appeared
0: uh, and <laughs> <laughs> um, well there's been a little bit of a controversy about the Halo Infinite gameplay reveal. Uh some people thought it looked like a fun new Halo game and they're excited. Uh but yet yeah, others were a little bit disappointed in the visuals. They were uh a little surprised that it didn't wow them it didn't look particularly next gen and in all honesty i'd put myself in that ladder camp uh we have a, a an email from one of our listeners the bus driver 05 who says oh. as a longtime gamer i was a little shocked and curious why there was so much backlash to the halo infinite reveal to me it is clear that we have reached a generational point where we need to shift our way of thinking away from how we expect games to look and instead focus on the quality of life upgrades these new consoles will bring instead of graphics. Does no one remember that when the current gen launched, it was two years before games started to feel next gen? Uh, Watchdogs, Assassin's Creed, Black Flag, and others didn't seem much better than the prior generation counterparts. Personally, it wasn't until I played The Witcher 3 a year and a half after launch that I felt I was playing something that actually was next gen. So why all the backlash to Microsoft, especially considering PlayStation hasn't shown anything that has looked next gen either? Honestly, I was just whelmed by both games showcases, but I'm still excited to buy both consoles due to the quality of life improvements these systems will bring. Thanks for being the closest thing to a gaming magazine subscription I can look forward to. I like that last we, comment. Oh, that's we, really cute. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, there's, there's definitely
5: some truth to that. Like, There's always the generation launches. And there's games that look good or maybe even great, but then he's totally right. Like, It takes a little while for like the game that you're like, oh, I get it. Like, this is what we can do now that we couldn't do before. Like the example that's always in my head, is like around Bioshock or like uh, Gears of War on the Xbox 360. And before that we mm-hmm. were just sort of playing like, like, I don't know, like Perfect Dark Zero is an Xbox 360 game. and That game doesn't look very good. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah.
3: And yet that line's getting fuzzier, right? Like uh, Last of Us Part Two dropping on this generation. I found it hard to believe that, that yep. this was, possible coming out of this same launch day ps4 box that i've been playing all the previous games on so i think it does depend on the developer i was definitely with damon being a little bit i'm not graphics forward myself but it seems to me that halo is a graphics forward franchise and i was firmly underwhelmed
5: (laughs) well i will say like i i like if anyone says that that game doesn't look very impressive to them, like you know I respect that opinion. it doesn't look as impressive or as eye popping as a game like Horizon as it was presented to us. Um, but like what some people may not be considering is that that game's running at four k sixty fps It's an open world game, a fully open world game running at four k sixty um and that's pretty hard to get across. that's very impressive from a technical standpoint, and that's not very easy to get across in like a live streaming
0: environment. yeah, that's true. Um. yeah I guess for me like like Swain was just saying there's just been multiple games uh, on PS4 that I've been playing recently like Last of Us Part 2 and Ghost of Tsushima and even going back a couple years to Red Dead Redemption 2 where God of War I played these games and I was amazed I was stunned at how uh, amazing they looked so you know Microsoft has the most powerful console ever <laughs> yeah. and has this one of the biggest launch titles ever their flagship series so let's take a look and I was like huh? That's, yeah, but yeah, but none of those games are 4K 60 FPS. That's true. I mean, that's true. I guess it's just like, you know, what's yeah, important to you. It's a but fair no, right?
3: caveat, but I yeah. think it still means it's worth like interrogating why they chose to show it in that context now, because yeah, um, well, obviously they very intentionally were like, this is our foot forward. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised well, they didn't foresee a little backlash. Yeah, go ahead.
2: The, the They did foresee backlash, I think. And I think what they also uh, foresaw was that everybody's not showing gameplay. Nobody's showing gameplay for anything. All we get is cinematic bullshit. <laughs> and I, I'm tired of it. Like all we're getting is really cool cinematic trailers for like all of your favorite games. Think back what you've seen a little bit of Assassin's Creed battle stuff. Like that's what you've seen from next gen so far. It's just, it's just not, there's just not much that's been shown. There's the Ratchet and Clank footage, but that's not launch, right? That's like some nebulous like future date. So Mm -hmm. I think showing gameplay from a launch game is really cool and it's all I want to see. So like, did I determine whether I want to play that game? I absolutely want to play that game. It's got a grappling hook. It's got Halo (laughs) stuff. It looks really, really fun. And so I I think like they probably didn't anticipate like it only being a discussion of the graphics cuz there was a lot of other cool stuff going on there. Um I wanted to read uh Tina had written a little uh statement about this. So can we check Whoa. in with can we check <laughs> in with the panelists? Yeah. I will see
3: I'll seed some time back to Tina. That's fair. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh she said that um I felt that everything from the music and UI and sound effects Etc. were intentionally designed to hit on nostalgic Halo experiences, but I understand some of the negative feedback on it not feeling like next gen. Um, uh, The game was packaging the feeling like it's supposed to because it's their next gen game, uh, both because of the showcases highlight of it and because of Xbox's history with it. So, like, I think that's a really good point, right? It's like, did it look like Halo? It looked more like Halo than the than the games that were Halo on the last console. It looks Mm, a lot more like Halo Three and Two, which is so exciting to me. Um, I think that's great just from just because it's nostalgic. Well, you
5: also I mean, Sam, you said it before we started recording. We're like, we have not seen launch PS5 game gameplay. Like Sony's pulled a little bit of a magic trick on people. We're like, we have like I'm excited for Miles Morales, I'm gonna play that, but we we haven't seen that video game yet. Like so, so you know, Microsoft sort of like um they went first when it comes to this mm-hmm. stuff. Like, you know, launch PS5 games probably aren't going to look radically different than this. Yeah.
0: yeah. Although I, I, I should say, uh, I haven't traditionally been much of a Halo fan. So, you know, maybe it, w- it would take more than just like a solid looking gameplay demo to get me excited. But uh, I really like open world first person shooters like uh, Far Cry and Borderlands. So if Halo's sort of skewing more in that direction, this might be the first Halo game in a long time that I enjoy.
2: Yeah, our previewers, uh, who you know, just uh, got to do a bunch of interviews and stuff like that ahead of the, the the conference. And we have like a four separate stories up about those about Halo, which you should check out because it's a bunch more information than you can just see in that that demo. But they had mentioned that uh, there's a lot more backtracking. And that's what the map means in that game. And that there's kind of like these like, big open areas. Uh, you know, I talked to Miranda, who, who had been one of the people writing about this. And I like, said, like, is this more Metroid-like? And she said she wouldn't go that far. But, uh, but, but uh, you know, that's the, the concept of it, is that you have a, a very, very large arena. And Halo has had that for And that's what's really good for, for our vehicles. And I really always Mm -hmm. like that about, like, okay, I'm tired of playing this level by running around. You can just hop in a ghost and, like, like try to get it through the whole level. I think that's really fun. Like, cram it through doorways and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So I think it'll be great. Like, just at some point, you'll probably be able to, like, shortcut by, like, hopping in something that flies and getting back to where you were before. Like, that'd be super cool.
3: Mm -hmm. I'm also very interested to see, actually, how they tackle the storytelling because I just did a video for us that entailed going through the story of every Halo game and it is a very uh, it's very movie-like. It's very linear and Master Chief's adventures are what they are. It's no Mm -hmm. Mass Effect. There's not a split at the end. Uh, And playing Ghost of Tsushima I was just talking to a friend about how there's a unique structure to the way open world games dispense story, because it has to be choose your own adventure in any way that you want to meander through it. I'm just really interested to see how a story about Cortana and Master Chief plays out in an open world. Cause I do think mm-hmm. they'll adapt to that. It'll will be slightly different.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Another uh, uh, game that was shown off in the Microsoft presentation was grounded. Uh, something new from obsidian. Uh, Honey, the people describe it like "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids." Uh, a bunch of kids are shrunk down to very small size, and they're in a backyard, and they need to make their way home. And there's a lot of, uh, as I understand it, base building with found items that you scrounge up. And then, of course, enemies are all sort of like bugs you would find in your back bo- backyard. It's a survival and, uh, game, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's very there. excited for this game.
0: I-, I think it's out very soon. Yeah. Or it's, it's, yeah. Out yeah. Out it's out now. It came it's out, out now. Got it.
5: It's they have a hit. It had a uh, uh, 250,000 people watching it
0: on, huh. on Twitch, I think. Wow, okay. And, and top of Steam. Um, but it has we've been talking a little bit about uh, accessibility features in modern games recently, and this one has a really, really interesting one. Uh, yeah. The spiders are a big threat in this game, so they included an arachnophobia mode where you can t- turn the spiders into cute little blob things, and it's not even an on-off switch. It's actually a slider, so you can determine for yourself how spider-like or not you, you can want turn those enemies spare. to be. Wow. Yeah, I wish I had
2: that. Levels, it drops some legs, it drops some hair. Yeah. It ends up as this like little like piece of popcorn with eyes. <laughs> yeah.
3: I needed <laughs> that great. in my uh Sim Ant days. The spiders oh were just the I mean, scourge so of the far. game. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> or in uh the the original Resident Evil 2 when you were down in mm-hmm. the sewers. And that's right.
3: Honestly, I, I'm a baby and I can't like alien Isolation's a game that I understand is very good. And I just can't make my way through it. I would love a slider on that game to just be able to play it where the <laughs> alien becomes
2: addressing like a phobia. So if it, yeah. it, it, it's really specific. It's like, it's not making the game less scary, like taking out jump scares and stuff like that. It's like saying like this creature you might be afraid of. We're going to make look like a different creature.
4: Well, the it's- heart wants what it wants, Sam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
5: I like the yeah, idea.
2: It's I, really specific and funny,
5: and good. I think it's cool too. I mean, I like this. Reminds me. This is a weird leap, but I'm gonna bring it around. I promise. Like the the Suikoden role playing games, uh, just as a fun bonus feature, let you customize your sound effects. So like, instead of a sword slash, you can make it like a cat meow. And like, <laughs> it's silly. Like it's random. But and their yeah. attitude is sort of like, well, you know, why not? It's just a silly thing to put in the game. And it's like, it it has a similar vibe to me of like, you know, sure, like. Why not? Right? Like it's gonna change. It changes nothing from a gameplay standpoint. Like, yeah, what does it matter if they're really spider-like or not?
3: I loved when I realized there was a vegetarian option in Dead Cells, so your yeah. health yep. pickups <laughs> come um, exactly all vegetarian. Yeah. Hilarious.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just thought that was a super interesting sort of uh, a new way to approach and think about accessibility. I was thinking games. about like so there's like people with shark
2: phobias and I think it'd be really cool to see what man eater was like with just like a, a I don't know like a really nice shark replacement maybe a but shark. like but you but you are the shark. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. It's true. How I mean, it's part yeah. of the game. Uh I would like to see this applied to all games with clowns. And I think and I have the public
0: support on that.
2: What's a good non-scary replacement for a clown that gets the point across?
0: Uh, well, it could still be popcorn. That's still kind of circus themed. Yeah. Or cotton candy. Yeah. What about a shark?
3: I'd be less uh, scared 25. of a shark. Yeah.
0: What
2: about yeah. if they replaced it with spiders and clown outfits?
0: Yeah. There are Yeah. There aren't a lot of clowns in games. Dropsy is cool. the one that comes
3: to mind. <laughs> and you would want to replace him. But yeah.
0: There's I, a- I think there's a horrible
2: clown enemies in games like uh, Bubsy and Sonic. Hmm. So Um, we're going to
3: replace them all with sharks filled with spiders. Is that what, that's where we landed. It's an anthropomorphic
2: clown, but the top is just like a spider stuffed into the neck hole and
0: just kind of like coming out. The neck hole.
2: I think. Squirming.
3: You know, we're trying to make it less scary, Sam. You just invented the scariest thing I've ever heard of.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then they chant. Cool. (laughs) Cool. Cool.
0: Okay, moving on. Let's talk about these uh, Nintendo leaks, the Giga leaks. Uh, I'm sure you've, you've seen these by now. Uh, all sorts of information uh, stolen from Nintendo somehow. Hackers got a hold of it, and they've sort of been distributing it online. Confirms all sorts of things like Luigi was actually in Mario 64 at one point. We've seen pre-rendered backgrounds that were intended for use in Ocarina of Time. We've no, seen therapy. Bright- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, a more realistic version of Yoshi where he's less cute. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen sprite sheets for a side scroll, scrolling follow up to Zelda yeah. um, 2. It's, it's crazy how much information uh, has been out there. Uh, we've got an email about this from Neil from London, Canada. And he says With all the Nintendo GigaLeak Giga news, people clearly want to talk about what was released. Do you think there's a line between the importance of reporting factual events and digging through information gained by illegal hacking for the sake of clicks? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, Oh, go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead, Justin. I just like I completely agree with the premise
5: of the question. Like, it actually really bothers me. Like, I'm a huge game fan. I'm really fascinated. I love seeing the Yoshi sprite. I love seeing all this stuff. But I'm uncomfortable with like it was stolen. (laughs) Like, it's a stolen thing. Like, it's like rifling through someone's private work, and especially when it's creative work that deliberately was never intended to see the light of day. Like. I don't know. It makes me feel a little bit skeevy. Um, But, um, but you know, the game fan in me is still really interested in seeing like Luigi's Sprite and Mario 64 and and everything else that's been coming out or polygons, I should say. But
0: yeah. Yeah. I I agree with that. It's like people are interested in the stuff because they love Nintendo and they love these games and these characters and they want to learn more about all this stuff that they grew up loving. But at the same time, it's insanely disrespectful to Nintendo and the people that created these games.
2: Yeah, it's too bad that Nintendo has been traditionally yep. so inaccessible. They've had some cool windows into uh, history. Sometimes uh, like there is the uh, Mario All-Stars on Wii booklet had some pretty cool stuff in it. There's the Zelda okay. Dark Horse books have some pretty neat things in it. And yep. then there's a the Wada asks column, right? Th- that was like a really cool behind the scenes thing. But there's just these little tidbits. And to see that not only was this stuff like, you know, stolen, but it, it was out there. Is like fascinating to me. Like the fact that it's not destroyed and that it's like archived in some way, but also, you know, they've never figured out a way they want to share that stuff publicly is really interesting. You know, people don't bat an eye at stealing ROMs and they don't bat an eye at all these other things that, like, you know, I might wag my finger at more than other people. Uh, but for some reason, the reaction to this has really been about the theft and about uh, the discussion around, you know, covering it, not covering it from journalistic. Standards, but, but but more like like how do archivists cover it and like mm-hmm. where, where does it belong in a museum? I think that's all really interesting stuff. But like, boy, is there like some nuances there that are hard to understand, um, especially from people that like will do anything in the world to rip a ROM and put it on the internet of every single iteration of rare games, right? Like that's like mm-hmm. a militant movement to preserve games, and this mm-hmm. was done in a in a that's stealing, first of all, uh, the, and this is too. Um it, it and and again, it's it's nuanced, but it's not <laughs> yeah. it's all theft. And so I, I don't know why this has been a hubbub, but I suspect it's because organizations that are doing a lot of this preservation are probably trying to work with Nintendo and doing it legitimately. Yeah. And
3: it speaks to the tremendous demand. I mean, it's a pretty slow trickle. As much as Nintendo does some Things to archive its greatest work, obviously. People are still there's a bottomless appetite for. I mean, where where where's the Mario 64 remaster already? I need it. (laughs) Um and behind the scenes stuff 10 years ago. That's true. Behind the scenes (laughs) stuff has the uh the same effect, I just think it's so interesting to see how Nintendo, once again, is the exception that proves the rule with other game companies trying to navigate how soon do we let the consumer into the creative process? And in the case of the Halo team, it might have been too early or it might have not been. But regardless, I think that's interesting how this is the flip side of that coin of mm-hmm. uh, we're only going to ever show you finished things. And in the end, the game is private property, so that's our right, which is absolutely true. But I do think it's in- that nuance is very much there because uh, this stuff does belong in a museum. It's yeah. You just want to see them uh, do what Ubisoft does sometimes and sort of roll with it and go, all right, it's out there, yeah. so we're going to create a virtual museum. But no, they clamp down. <laughs> they're uh, the... They're, <laughs> so they're, they're, they're-
5: they're they're the company with the most history that has the most rabid hardcore fans. It's also among the most secretive. Like they don't, you know, a lot of ask is wonderful and you're right. They have those art books, Sam, but like you, you, you completely nailed it. We're like, they're, it's their right to not be that forthcoming, but they are remarkably and particularly non forthcoming with their creative process. And that all combines into like this stew that makes this, you know, just a particularly irresistible interest to people.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: have you guys seen the making of star wars books
0: yeah i have the um, i have the empire yeah. one which is the empire one's incredible
2: yeah and then all three of them are really cool and it just shows you what like good archiving can give to the world like it's incredible seeing a day by day uh yeah. you know accounting of how those movies are made it, it, and with all the photography and the 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 sometimes embarrassingly bad you know pre uh uh production renders of yoda and stuff like that i mean it's it's great it's so cool and uh and i think video games in general are a a industry that is definitely secretive and and not prone to archiving and stuff like that i don't really know why that is it has to do with spoiler culture now there's all this stuff wrapped up in that you know i did an interview with uh, joel hodgson from mst3k uh last week and in it he said that Netflix was uh, the only disappointment about working with Netflix is that they were just completely secretive. And mst 3 ks comeback was all about, uh, hey, fans, here's what we're doing this week. Hey, fans, yeah. what do you think of this? And, like, really interacting with fans. And then Netflix was like, you can't do any of that. Like, none of it. And it was all because of, I guess, like, embargoes and spoilers and, like, all this stuff. But it just it just didn't work for them. And I I just think there's, like, a definitely a, a veil of secrecy around contemporary stuff now, which is different than yeah. before.
5: In the... No. Uh, in the case of Nintendo, in particular, you know maybe every company's like this, but I know they, in particular, will try an idea and experiment with something, and then they'll bring it back twenty years later. Like the example that's springing to mind is um, with yeah. the, with the N sixty four DD, they played around with the tool where you could make faces and make little avatars, an avatar creator, and it didn't work. And they sat on it, or maybe it did release some weird DD product, and then that became Mii's on the Nintendo Wii. like they sit on stuff and like it never really goes away, and that's been in the back of my head as like maybe one reason why they're really reticent to like <clears throat> like one of the leaks I saw was a game um uh, where a character was walking on their own. they were sleepwalking, and then you have to move blocks around and and destroy and get rid of enemies. and it was a Super Nintendo game that I think used the mouse. We're like popping balloons and stuff. Yeah, so this you know, character could walk. Like, yeah. And then that became, that's Yoshi touch and go on the DS. That know, exact that. game came out on the DS with Yoshi as the star. And so uh, I think that that company, like who knows what weird and crazy stuff are in their archives that, you know, maybe we'll never see the light of day or maybe will get recycled for, you know, in a different context in the future.
2: Yeah. And in the it's incredible. One put Yoshi in super Mario brothers, like the first game yeah like that was like the goal and it was like a generation i bet they built the super nintendo to make yoshi <laughs>
0: <laughs> probably
2: <laughs> sorry michael
3: oh i was just going to say it's kind of inspiring and it's almost got a, like a willy wonka's chocolate factory effect because i have to imagine the majority of devs once they've committed years of time and budget to a game they're like even if this isn't per se panning out exactly as cool as we thought it would be this has to go to market the the you know, the trains left the station. And I think at the end of the day, that's how we end up with a lot of mediocre games. It's cool to see companies like uh, blizzard. I got to interview some blizzard folks and they had the same sort of policy and Nintendo where their work on tons of experiments and mechanics that they are absolutely willing to abandon or put in the drawer for like Justin said, 20 years later. Yeah. Uh, I do think that ends up giving us some of the best games that we wouldn't get otherwise.
0: Yeah. It's a strange situation uh i also, also
5: go ahead this the last point i want to make on this is there is some nuance between like look confirmed luigi was going to be in mario 64 and it's like well yeah. no what's con- what's confirmed is that he was cut from mario 64 it's like yeah. what we're seeing it's like seeing drafts of a novel you know it's like yeah. well that yeah. that stuff that stuff isn't in the final work so like or it
2: confirms that somebody in an afternoon was like look what i did guys <laughs> yeah like, yeah he does- so
5: does nothing. Like we, you know, you're seeing, you're seeing early drafts, you know, there's a, there's with Ocarina of time, there's the Kokiri forest an early draft of that where it's huge and everything's really, Mm. really, really spread out and it's empty. And like, it looks weird. Like the finished version is compact and everything like is a lot more charming. And like, you're seeing an early draft of something. So I think IGN, I'm proud of our coverage of this and our discussion. Now I think we've, you know, I'm pleased with the nuance we were able to bring to it, but like, some people have not been as, um, you know, it's like confirmed this was in this game. It's like, well, it's just part of the creative process. Things come and go all the time.
3: Confirmed. Yeah. There was a meeting where someone said, <laughs> Should Luigi be in it? And someone said, nah. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of Mario. Yeah.
2: We, we did a cool roundup of this that Joe Scrubbles wrote on the site, which you can check out. But um, I think it's also significant that like so much of the stuff that's being shared is visual. And it's just like you get to like see these cool pieces of art or the, it's art, you know, that, that, that somebody designed and, and carefully assembled in pixel form uh, often. And that's like, so, so incredibly rare. I mean, you get stuff out of interviews and people talk about the good old days, but like, man, to like, see some of the stuff is like just such a treat. It's I, so
0: irresistible. Well, and we, I just want to say like, I agree. Like I find this stuff fascinating too. And I guess I am glad to have seen it and know about it now but if I had been given like the choice, like if I were walking down the street and a guy in a trench coat in an alley was <laughs> like, hey, kid, want to see some secret Nintendo stuff I sold? I'd be like, no, thank you. <laughs> There's a the the, the
5: stole, you know stolen goods part of it is the source code, which is that's very actively bad. Right. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe this is a completely made up distinction. But in my mind seeing luigi's model in mario 64 is like in the public interest like we're all fans and want to see that but like the actual code the line by line code of how those games were built like nintendo games feel special and have a better feel in their platforming and everything else than almost anyone else on earth so it feels really dangerous and awful that like that actual building blocks of code is now out there in the world that's that I, again. This is a distinction in my own mind that I've made up, sure. but like that feels worse to me than like you know, art assets or like early versions of a level that's just sort of fascinating to see. Yeah,
2: you know, that uh, you know, like for like, a brief period, and this could still be true for the vast majority of that, everybody's like, is this real or not? Like, it's just hard to tell, right? If, if something's real or fake, and, and we're dealing with you know, hackers that yeah. uh, could be pulling one over on us. I don't know. And so uh, it wasn't until like uh, like Dylan Cuthbert, the creator of uh, Star Fox, had like started retweeting some of the things that were discovered. He's like, "Man, I haven't seen this in 30 years," and people were like, "Oh boy."
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's do uh, run some through some tiny scoops before we okay. get to our uh, emails. Sam, do you know what the arcade arcade archives is released uh, this week on uh, Switch and PS4? No, hit me. Burger time. Nice. That's really cool. The, the actual Data East upright machine.
2: Yep. Well, yeah. The the there's digital one, version of that. There's one 10 feet behind me in the next room over.
3: Yeah. And one in the IGN offices. We have a Burger Time conference room that I miss dearly now.
2: Yeah. Great uh, game. Uh, really fun. It's really, really hard to figure out the uh, fourth level in that game uh, that you have to run to the right and run up right away. That's my approach. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mediocre yeah. <laughs> conference
3: room, to be honest. That's yeah, what not what I'm one of our say. best. Not one of our <laughs> best conferences. Oh, great, great game.
2: Never want to have meetings in that room. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, Sam, have
0: you finished Curse of the Moon 2?
2: No, because I'm on a boss right now, which is like the the it's really um, i know i'm really far because i can see on the map i like got to the, the end kind of unless there's like some surprise uh, but uh it's it's so far to get to the boss that i was like i'm really frustrated because it's like you can do the boss fight and learn the boss patterns and the boss yeah. is ridiculously hard but yeah. like getting there is taking so long now that i'm just like oh my gosh i gotta spend 10 minutes to like replay this boss and i don't really like that yeah I'm really far
0: did you know there's a new mode out now no, I'll check it out. It's called legend mode and it's it's meant to make the game even harder. Mm-hmm. Uh so it makes it so enemies respawn off-screen if you backtrack a little bit. Mm. Just like it's so common in old NES games. It
2: is nice being able to like eliminate everything in a room and then can kind of be chill, but that would suck.
0: And also in legend mode, uh one character dying counts as all characters dying.
2: Oh, oh that would yeah. be really hard cuz some of those characters have like no life.
0: Yeah. Um I still need to get back to that when I finish Panzer Paladin and then Justin uh, kingdom rush. The original kingdom rush is out on switch today. Oh, Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. yeah, It's like a really great, solid tower defense game. That's just like several years old now, but I was going to say that's a lot. That's like what it's got. I don't know. Seven years old. Maybe. Yeah. I think one or more of the sequels are already on the switch and now the original is on switch. Great. Play it. If you haven't. Cool. Is
2: just tower defense like medieval or something?
0: It's yeah. just a really fun, polished yeah. tower defense game. It's a, play yeah. Some yeah. stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Place archers, uh, play sorcerers, place warriors. Yeah. It's great. It's like one of the best tower defense series I've, I've ever played.
3: Mm-hmm. No tiny scoop for Swaim. All of Swaim's favorite
0: games are dead <laughs> and gone. <laughs> um, I'm still learning what makes a Swaimy game. That's true. I know it's death stranding. It takes time. <laughs> yeah.
3: That might throw you off, actually. If that's your north star, yeah. You need more? We
0: need more strand games. Strand. That's
3: it. I'm exclusively a strand genre player.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But you are you're playing Ghost of Tsushima, swim?
3: I yeah. I just finished it last night. Not like oh, platinum wow. trophied it, but I've been to every location and done every mission. I can't find all the Mongolian artifacts, and I won't. I refuse to. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But well, then, other than that, yeah, I loved it.
0: Perfect. You're going to be able to weigh in on our next topic. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meats and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Your tasty proteins are vacuum-sealed and frozen at peak freshness, so you can stock your freezer and cook when you're ready. Choose from over 70 high-quality cuts, 100% grass-fed ribeyes, USDA prime filet mignon, free-range and organic chicken breasts, pork tenderloin, and thick-cut bacon, just to name a few. They also offer sustainable and wild-caught seafood, salmon, Pacific Cod, scallops, shrimp, and more. My recent Good Chop box included a couple delicious, boneless 10-ounce ribeye steaks. I also got some Alaskan sockeye salmon filets that I baked in foil with lemon juice, garlic cloves, and a little parsley. And then there was the thick-cut bacon that I've been baking up for breakfast with my eggs. Saving me trips to the grocery store or butcher means I have more time for important things like spending time with my family and, of course, playing video games. Go to goodchop.com gamescoop120 and use code gamescoop120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code gamescoop120 at goodchop.com gamescoop120 for $120 off. goodchop.com gamescoop120, code gamescoop120.
1: As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch.
0: Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Caleb from Kansas City did. He said, I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima. I've really enjoyed it so far, but there's been something about the game that has bothered me. The lack of dismemberment. It's hard to fathom Jin's superiorly crafted katana cannot cut off limbs, but can gush out so much blood. So I wanted to pose a question to the group. Why do you guys think there is no dismemberment? Is there a game design reason, or would it turn off younger players or parents? I think adding this element in the game would make it feel much more visceral. Curious to hear what you all have to say.
3: Well did first of all
2: slider for dismemberment.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they should. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah
3: but it all it did was turn their <laughs> limbs into popcorn. It was really weird. <laughs> um <laughs> First of all, there is dismemberment. Uh, there's the uh, triangle circle move. It's not Heavenly Strike, but the other one. I forget what it's called. But where he does the classic samurai movie move of like jutting across very quickly with a single swipe. And if you notice, if you take someone's health bar to zero doing that, their hand will be cut off. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Oh, and well, when you slaughter... There's decapitations. There's decapitations when you slaughter a leader from stealth. Uh, so I assume they mean like... Star Wars style, which Jedi Fallen Order didn't have, also by the way, or did it? It <laughs> no. did only for
2: robots.
5: Only yeah. for robots. That's they
3: right. Like cutting off a, every limb.
2: You, yeah, it's got a protocol droid too.
3: Are there games that are that have full-on dismemberment prominently featured?
0: I'm trying to probably, think of some but ones. I don't think it's very common.
2: A uh, big buck hunter. I mean,
5: <laughs> <laughs> the game. in, some in USA. USA. I think Ghost is great, but even besides the dismemberment, it has these really weird canned death animations, and people noticed it when that game was first revealed. They're like, this is gorgeous, but that aspect of it is just odd. Like, It just feels kind of unfinished and unpolished.
3: That's true, and the aspect of killing a guy right in front of his buddies and them just quickly (laughs) shuffling the other way felt like a throwback to when stealth was simpler.
2: Yeah, you I are think fighting enemies with armor for the most part, so it would be hard to dismember them, yeah. and you're not using a lightsaber, you got to remember that. But still, yeah,
0: it's not I was gonna say much. I don't know how common dismemberment was in Feudal Japan. Uh, mm. you know, it's still get, no matter how sharp your katana is, you still got to cut through a bone to hack a limb off, you know. <sighs> I get about yeah, the ch-
2: a lot of the deaths are from like a, a chest stab yeah. or a, uh, like a slash Next. all the way across the body or the neck stab, yeah. <sighs> Seemingly very deadly painful ways to go it's crazy I think it's like the enemies are crawling around not dead after you take it you slash them a bunch too yeah you do have to take them out um
5: I, I think it's a completely legitimate question to ask and like you know it's 2020 and maybe it's reducing the game's realism just the the sociopathy of like why can't i chop their limbs off it's like come on man this is really what we need to be worrying about.
3: I don't find that it would have enhanced my experience much, but I do think it speaks to something that's legitimate. Like, uh, Goldeneye, I've always maintained, really broke through because it was one of the first games where where you shot them in the body affected the death animation. That blew my mind at the time. So I get where it comes from, but I will say now in my mid-30s, just pumping the violence slider all the way to the top doesn't do it for me like it used to when I was lusting over Mortal Kombat and my parents uh-huh. wouldn't let me have it.
5: No, like and I'm not giving anybody a hard time to be clear. That's just the way that we talk about video games sometimes. It's like if you're not aware of like how video <laughs> games work, it just sounds horrible.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if I don't know if there's any sort of like design challenge that, that poses. Like you have a character model. And if you cut off a limb, like there's now a part of that character model. So I don't know if that's hard, for, you know, for the, the, the program to process. I have no idea.
2: Are, did your par- how did your parents find out about Mortal Kombat?
3: Uh, I believe from a, a, a full, page, full page ad in a Game Pro magazine I left lying open. Yeah. I <laughs> thought I was planting the seed for a Christmas present, I was just letting them know what to forbid me to do. The other big one was Night Trap. My mom yeah, literally yeah. ran in and ripped it out of the Sega CD and was like, I saw on the news that you can't play this game.
2: <laughs> wow. wow. I can't believe you wanted to play Night Trap.
3: Full motion video, baby. It's the wave right. of the future. Still.
4: Yeah, yeah. Reason, I've, I've
2: plenty of FMV games on my Sega CD, but I, I somehow just missed Night Trap.
3: How crazy was it to see the control sequences that were FMV and realize it took me a second to believe, oh, these are actors. Wow
2: some other game has done that recently too i think that's cool now um mm-hmm. to, to mix that stuff in because it's usually around like cool game effects and stuff like that but yeah that was the projector in that right mm-hmm. especially
0: so i'm uh currently in act two of ghosts of tsushima uh sam where are you i'm deep act three deep Act three okay and justin i stopped playing it okay you just went back to lord of the rings online
5: Well, that's what I was going to say. It's nothing against ghosts, but I don't have, I only play, I exclusively play Lord of the Rings online now. (laughs) I mean, look, like they need help. Yeah, I know.
3: (laughs) Was there any particular reason or facet or moment where you fell off or was it just natural entropy?
5: Again, it has less to do with ghosts <laughs> and more to do with Middle Earth. Um, just like <laughs> the the brigands were encroaching on the town of Bree, and right. goblins had set up a camp in the Midgewater Marsh. Unbelievable! And if that weren't were bad enough, uh, orcs bearing a white hand had come down from the north, out of the North Downs, and so oh, Bree, you know Bree that was just really in a lot of a lot of trouble. Monday, um,
2: Sour Man is due southeast of there.
5: No, but those orcs are everywhere, man. Like, I it, I agree <laughs> with you, Sam, and I understand what you're saying, but it's, you know, it is what it is. Um, and now I'm making my I way up to, I'm going to, there was some strange light seen on the top of Weathertop, so I'm on oh, my man. way there now to investigate what was going on. Do you think that was the be-
2: is this, when is this? You follow the Fellowship. Okay, so that's what was happening? It was
0: that the Fellowship mm-hmm. was fighting off the, uh, yeah. the records? Yep, wow. exactly. Okay. Um, well, that all sounds exciting. Uh, so then, <laughs> Swain, since you've uh, finished the story in uh, Ghost mm-hmm. of Tsushima, what's what's your overall assessment?
3: Oh, that it, I, I felt like it was, to mix metaphors, like someone uh, hitting a home run with meat and potatoes. It felt wow. very much like, which I think is the general journalist, like reviewer consensus. Uh, it felt like <laughs> it picked up the torch that Assassin's Creed gradually set down. Uh, It reminded me of playing classic AC games in a way that I found very joyous because Odyssey was a bit too much for me. Uh, And I enjoyed it all the way through. It is the best photo mode I've ever seen. And photo mode, by the way, is totally a new obsession for me. This game and Death Stranding, I think I spent about half my time uh, setting up perfect shots. And I don't know why. I don't know what I gain. I just enjoy (laughs) doing it. That's my Animal Crossing is video game photography. Are you um, all
2: in on Pokemon Snap?
3: Oh, I can't wait. Yes, very much so. Pokemon Snap's going to be great.
5: Once someone explained to me that Pokemon Snap was basically a first-person shooter game, like a non-violent first-person shooter game, I was like, oh. It's yeah, like it's, it's just it's
0: like, a real shooter.
5: Yeah, it's like Time Crisis, but instead of killing yeah. things, you're just, just photographing them.
0: Just snapping photos.
2: Sometimes you hit them with apples.
5: Although, <laughs> the,
3: yeah, they're putting in a slider where you can dismember Pikachu,
0: but... Yeah. Yeah, sure. You can barely tell. Those little limbs, that you can barely tell. A, a dismemberment slider would be uh, particularly gruesome, because if you just move it a little bit, the head doesn't completely come off. You oh need to give my. it a few more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, this is Eric from Boston. He says, can someone explain... What goes into a delay, especially a game with a physical release? How early are marketing campaigns planned? How early do discs or cartridge factories get contracted? I get that the developers and programmers keep working and finishing the game, but what do the publishers waste or spend when a game gets delayed? If it is a lot, why do companies announce release dates before games go gold?
3: I love this question because I don't know the answer. (laughs) So I'm going to listen to my colleagues now. Oh,
0: boy. Well, I mean, so to answer the last question, why do they announce release dates before games go gold? Uh, several reasons. They ha- they use pre order uh, numbers to sort of track, uh, you know, how many uh, copies they should make and how many they plan to sell. And there, if you're a publicly traded company, their investors kind of need to know when to expect that next big influx of cash to be coming.
3: Yeah. In fact, I- don't Go a lot ahead. of leaks come from investor conferences? I've noticed as a trend since I well, joined those are, the IGN family.
0: But those are public, uh, so they're not. Really, they wouldn't really be leaks. Not technically right.
3: leaks, but yeah. that we end up spinning up news stories often that's from true. details that were shared with investors that's rather than consumer the consumer facing. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, you know,
5: they're. Required to give a look ahead at well, like how they do they expect to have a big year, or not a big year, and so sometimes some executive that doesn't necessarily maybe even know that they're making huge news is like, Yeah, we have a Bioshock coming next year, <laughs> and every, like our news editor is like, Hmm, what? Um, yeah, so that can happen, I, you know, with a physical game release. That's a really, really great question. I don't know that I have a particularly great answer either. I mean, he's right that like a third party, like a factory, has to be contracted to like press the discs and like, yeah. you know, ship them to distributors. Um, I, I, you know, so yeah, that seems, you know, maybe one of two things is happening either they have some sort of clause in their contract that lets them, you know, rearrange or push back the time that that disc is being pressed or they owe them, you know, some kind of make good. And if you're going to switch your time frame, each disc is now going to cost 40 cents more to press than it would have mm-hmm. before. Like, and they just have to eat that cost. And that's just me speculating, but like, you know, what other that's that's like those seem like the only two plausible options.
2: Think about how much media is made in the world. I I think it's really easy to spin up production on the thing you need printed, and it's all formatted and and ready to go. And you can just be like, let's order thirty thousand more of those. And you probably have that, you know, that that's a turnaround that's like that's not months, and it's probably not even weeks. It's probably days. So like, it's not too bad to change your plans. When you can just have a factory just make your stuff, I, I just think like like again like video games are probably a very small amount of the discs that are manufactured on Earth every day. Like it's just such a huge volume that those those resources exist. Yeah,
5: yeah. That's there's also like there's the desired ideal outcome where like the game goes gold, where what that means is that's the finished version of the game code that that's what's going to be printed on the disc, right? And then of course every game comes with the day one update now, so it's a little bit moot, but like. The point is that's that's the handoff. Like here you go, factory. Here's the gold disc. What you're going to replicate a million times for the printed version. Um,
4: yeah.
5: And like they want to have that a certain amount of lead time in advance, but they they you can just like whatever your field is in, you know, you can cut corners and accelerate things and advance things if you spend enough money or time or whatever. Like. Instead of having all those game discs, you know, be shipped over on a boat from China, like you can airlift them next day or two day air. Like there's any number of ways that they can sort of like eat into whatever their lead time is before they're forced to actually delay. Like, Mm -hmm. and again, having not worked in this field, I'm just speculating that they probably eat into it, eat into it, eat into it and say, we don't, there's no way for us to meet our date. We need to push it back another, you know, month or two or three or whatever it needs to be
2: think how hard it is to set a release date yeah Dude, first time you do it you're like it's so far off like it probably <laughs> just, it sounds like a good day it's either you know it's gonna be in the fall people buy my game but as that as you get closer the longer you you've announced you know far out, further out you've announced it you're like oh great that game's coming out the same day oh great that game's coming out the week before like it must be terrifying so when you delay a game out of like a crazy busy season or something i bet that's like you know like sometimes a pretty good business move to make. Um, Mm -hmm. and and then then there's all these so many other things to think about it's just like it's funny to think about like how much a date matters yeah Yeah. not
5: to mention your internal production like how many different people on different teams are all on like different train tracks that all have to arrive at the station at the exact same time like it's a miracle that video games exist and launch like triple a games
0: and then the marketing team is you know all, all the while the game is being developed the marketing team is working on their marketing plan and the big beats that they're going to hit. They're going to have the reveal trailer, the cinematic trailer, the voice talent reveal, maybe the box art reveal. And they're working with the leads on the development team to sort of plan when they think they'll be able to hit these. So then when the game is, uh, is delayed, they just sort of have to like reschedule everything they have planned. But I think a silver lining to that is that the announcement of the delay is an extra marketing beat that they get when when the, when the game is in, you know, everyone's talking about the game.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: A negative one, but how how yeah. negative is it when, when it's like, you know, this is coming out nine months from now instead of six months from now. Like, it's, it's, le- it's less egregious when it's, you know, you're not getting right up to it and people are excited.
3: Yeah. It also seems to get the response from the crowd uh, that comports with the cred of the game anyway. You know, like when CD Projekt Red says, we need some more time, everyone's like, oh, take your time, please, you geniuses, go yes. do what yeah. you need to do. Uh, I, I you, think Uh uh-huh. Go ahead.
2: Well, I just I think I said this on Game Scoop, but like, uh, we're doing some research for like, uh, how Cyberpunk was announced and in the first trailer. There's a joke which says uh, coming dot dot dot, and then it says when it's ready, and that was mm-hmm. like ten years ago. It was yeah. like 2011 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Really cute. And then they made that great grounded joke about Cyberpunk uh, in the trailer uh, last week, yeah. which reminds me of it.
5: I do think if that game's delayed one more time, it's going to start getting some side-eye, though. Like, you'll start seeing op-eds on, like, is everything okay with Cyberpunk?
3: We're reaching the limit, yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I don't think that one can be delayed again. Um, Okay, our final email this week comes from a woodland elf. Nice. All right. To give you guys some context, I live out in the woods in Maine near Seth Macy and exclusively play my Switch in handheld mode because I live off the grid in a yurt and do not have access to the abundance of power that most people have. No internet or cell phone service for me, but I do have a solar array and battery bank that I can charge up my laptop and game console on.
4: Ooh, cool!
0: This makes makes gaming very unique for me, which I actually enjoy and leads me to a question. Over the years, I've built up a collection of 60 games on my Switch and have realized that I've only completed half of them, if that. This realization has made it hard to continue to purchase more games without having actually explored the games that I've already bought. Because of this, I've decided to stop buying any games until I complete my entire Switch catalog, Mm. minus the Nintendo and Super Nintendo games included in Switch Online. What do you guys think of this idea? My hope is that by the time I finish all of them, Breath of the Wild 2 will be out and balance will have been restored. Thank you guys for bringing me a moment of consistency and levity into my week every week.
3: Man. I couldn't live that way gaming wise, <laughs> but I also couldn't live off grid on a yurt with solar cells. So <laughs> I don't know that my life and this person's life need to inter- like comport. <laughs> um, but I-, I find that s- since it's an interactive medium, I, th- I treat it more like a toy that has a story to it than, say, a movie. Uh, A movie or a book, I absolutely want to work my way through my backlog. If I intended to read the book and I'm halfway through and I like it, I better finish it someday. But I find I have no compunction about dropping a video game. It's almost Mm -hmm. like I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, feel bad about myself for stopping playing with a deck of cards or, you know, Mm -hmm. disengaging, um, from, from a game, it's a game, it's a toy. And I think the simpler way to say that is I'm greedy for new experiences. Mm -hmm. I I'm, I'm not gonna Mm -hmm. keep myself from experiencing the hot game that all my friends are playing and talking about. There's no way I got to get in on it.
2: Yeah. That drive alone about discussion and community around games is like, solely why i drop a game you know like i might be annoyed with a game or something but then i then i kind of want to play it so i can talk about it still if everybody's playing it right like that yeah that's something like if i don't if i, I got pretty bored with doom right away but i played it for a lot more so i could come and game scoop and keep talking about it um negatively or positively right sure. and, and i think that like switching to the next big thing is like it's so part of my nature that i can relate to this person's play style and what's also part of my nature is never going back like I don't care. Like if, if something seemed pretty fun and it probably is going to get a lot better. I just don't look back. I never do. I feel like it's too stupid uh, to go back and like try to learn everything that I like to the bookmark of that game is so hard for me to wrap my head around and try again on
0: i'm just terrible at it. you just returning to a game after a while yeah, and not you know, remembering the controls why, and did I
2: put, why was all this armor like this mint like go back and look at your skyrim save file if you <laughs> have played it since it came out and like look at the things that are in your inventory and it's insane like i can see the projects i was like right in the middle of and they make zero sense to me hmm.
5: yeah that's yeah i know exactly what you mean um mm-hmm. Uh I think it's really awesome and special that he uh he spends some of his battery life on GameScoop every week first of all. Yeah. Like he's got yeah. a finite yeah. amount of electricity in his <laughs> life and he spends some of it with us which is awesome. Um no, I've said this on Scoop before that uh that I think there are too many amazing games and experiences out there to spend one second more on something you're not enjoying anymore. Yeah, put it down. Like put it down. Huck it across, you know, if you're not reading a book or you don't like a book anymore throw it across the room
4: oh you'd
3: apply it to all media
5: well just if you're not liking it like yeah do you know people that don't like to read or they don't like games it's like well no just find one you do like um with the asterisk being like you know money and budget isn't unlimited and there can definitely be fun to be found if you have 60 game on your switch 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 60 games there's probably some diamonds in there that like yeah, like if you give them a deeper shot, you're probably gonna find some enjoyment in there that that you missed the first time around. But yeah. generally speaking, um, in my 20s, I would say I felt very guilty about a backlog, and I had a master list of like every video game I wanted to beat. And now I'm like, man, like the game has to earn my time and attention every every time I play it. Yep.
2: Sometimes yep. I think the people around me help with that though and if somebody tells me and i I like them and i like their opinion and they say the first two hours of this game suck i will absolutely go through those first two hours to get to the good stuff but i need to know that and that's what i really like about game criticism and reviews i love being told like that like hey you might end up really liking this game but like here's something you need to know about it first i mean animal crossing was that way like a lot of people had to tell each other like hey yeah getting the iron bits is gonna suck but once yeah. you figure that out, you're never going to think about it again, and don't worry about it. That's not the game.
3: Red Dead Two comes to mind because I, I had and I it's been uh, forty the,
2: hours and you didn't right. like Red Dead Two.
3: No, no, no. I for maybe ninety minutes I didn't like Red Dead Two, but I really didn't like it. And I think it's an experience a lot of people had. It was the slow pace of opening yeah. drawers and picking things up. Well, it uh, was
2: pace. it was ugly too. Yeah, it was no area is not very pretty.
3: That's true. And uh, I had to have several people say, no, 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 it's it's intentional. They're trying to differentiate it from GTA and capture the bucolic pace of Western lifestyle. And I think that seems true. It, playing the fullness of the game, A, one of the best games I've ever played, and B, that pacing did seem very intentional. Uh, so I just think there's an area you can carve out for a uh, uh, work that's challenging or demands uh, deeper thought. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't huck the book across the room the first instant I'm bored with it, but if you have a chapter or two under your belt, yeah, get out of there. Bail.
2: Do you know the 50 yeah. page rule?
3: No, what's that rule?
2: I don't I don't use this. But uh if you uh don't enjoy a book by the first 50 pages, uh you burn it. No, you don't burn it. You give it back to the library or you uh you know, pass it on to a friend or something. But that like, you know, that 50 pages is is you know, enough of a time to realize like am I enjoying this or not? Now, I've absolutely hit a wall in a book where I'm like this is definitely not my thing and I will move on from here. I don't think it's 50 pages. And I don't check myself on that. But like, what is that for games? Well, I think it's again, like it's more influenced by people around you than you know your own personal experience, except for uh, this woodland elf who is completely alone yeah. and probably will have to set up some sort of system by which uh, uh, he or she can uh, determine whether to go back to a game or not. There are there are infinite books out there. There are infinite games
5: out there. Don't force yourself to slog through something just because.
2: Yeah, that, that does sound like a bad idea. Yeah, for sure. Here's Who's something you can do with your old games: is make a project out of it. If you were going to say like, "Oh, I'm going to, uh, you know, make a podcast about uh, each game or something like that," if you're making a creative work from something that you don't enjoy, that's actually a really cool process, and I really encourage people to to do that. Um, you know, take art and make art. I think that's a really good way to, to to make the best out of the things you have that you might not play through for enjoyment.
3: No, no. No more podcasts. Just listen to Game Scoop. Okay, dead. I just heard
2: Michael say an exact thing that he said on his podcast that I listened to about The Last of Us. So I know true. that having more than one podcast out there is possible.
0: Well, you're not expressing entirely unique thoughts and opinions on our show, Michael Swain. <laughs> There's some
3: over goes. the Venn diagram has some overlap, I'll grant you. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I do want to listen to that guy's yurt cast. Yeah. I'm a little bit uh, jealous of these uh, Gamescoop listeners that are living in and gaming in nature. Uh, Mr. or Mrs. Elf living in the yurt. And then there was another uh, Gamescoop fan um, who pasted a photo in the Facebook group. I think it was over Memorial Day weekend. They'd driven their camper out to the woods and it appeared yeah. to be all by himself. And his camper had a TV built into the side and he was playing the last of his part two just in the middle of the woods. It must not have been Memorial Day then since that game wasn't out yet, but it was sometime recently. That sounds I just that's so scary. That's, epic.
2: that's so the scariest possible way to play a scary game is to be
0: alone. But I also like the idea of just playing games alone yeah. in the middle of the woods. and nowhere. That sounds really nice. That Before,
2: setup
3: is awesome. Yeah,
2: I yeah, want that. That's a
0: really cool setup. You know, Damon, Before, you can just go into Golden
2: Gate Park just find a little forested no. nook
0: and just there's nowhere you can be alone in golden gate park these days. Yeah. No. It's full
5: to the brim. Yes. Um, before I had kids, I used to fantasize about like here, what I wanted was like a cabin in the woods. And then yeah. like somehow I have high speed internet through like a satellite <laughs> connection or something like yeah. now with family, like I want them to experience the culture and everything that you get, in, you know, by living around people. But um, that was something that maybe someday I'll be able to achieve that for myself.
0: Yeah, I like that idea too. And that brings us to video game 20 questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Brett Perry in Salt Lake City, Utah. And he says, long time listener, first time writing in. I'm a U.S. speed skater training for the 2022 wow. Olympics. Cool. It so happens. Cool. Let's hope it still happens. As much as I like to listen to music to hype me up before my races, I always first check to see if the latest episode of GameScoop has dropped. Thank you for making quality content every week wow. and helping me take my mind off racing. You, this amazing. is the first, yeah, the first uh, Olympic uh, athlete that we've ever gotten a letter into for, for Game Scoop. So that's That we cool. know of. That we know of. That we know of. It can all be. Yeah. Statistically, that's very yeah. unlikely.
3: <laughs> Do you have an official name for fans of the show? Scoopies? Scooplets? <laughs> Well, we call
0: just the listeners usually the but listeners. We, we also need to oh, uh, acknowledge The viewers as well Yeah, that's They're true.
5: also they're honorary Omega Cops
0: Yeah they are all there Honorary Omega Cops Okay let the questioning begin hmm.
2: Michael did, this, did you win last time?
3: Uh, yeah last time I was on I think it was Sly Cooper and we, we got it We
0: got yeah, it Unlike question 20
3: uh, Yeah that's right Okay. Is it Sly Cooper? No. <laughs> um, I'm going to start the same way I started last time. Was this game released post 2000? Yes.
4: Uh, is this game available on the Nintendo Switch? No. Um. Uh.
2: Does this game what's, what's our what's the co- 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 multiplayer qualifier? Uh, does I don't this know. game have uh, competitive? Was how it was. Is this game have competitive multiplayer?
4: Yes.
3: Ooh. Yay. I feel like people who have been on more have time-honored strategies and directions. No, I just play around. No, we don't. It's okay. completely,
4: <laughs>
5: completely arbitrary every single time. There's no, there's no forethought or planning put into it at all. I can't emphasize that enough.
3: Great. Good, good, good. <laughs> um, is this game on current-gen consoles?
0: No.
4: Is this game a well, first-person shooter?
0: No, that's I will, yeah. Okay. But it does
4: have competitive multiplayer,
3: <laughs> and it was not at least it wasn't released on current-gen consoles.
4: Is this a peaceful game?
3: No,
5: it's probably. I mean, it's probably backwards compatible. Is why I assume Damon was he a little stuttered
3: up. a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I assume released on <laughs> yeah the previous yeah. gen.
5: That's the scoop. Uh, that's the scoop code. That's how we're going to take that. You first didn't. First, it's the first meta game. not a
3: first-person shooter. Is it worth asking if there are gu- is gunplay I mean, it could though?
2: Third-person shooter.
5: Right. right.
3: Uh, do you shoot guns at each other in this game? Yes. <laughs> okay. Is
5: it? Um, yeah, but is it okay? So is it? Is it a two-dimensional game? No. So it is a third-person shooter.
2: Is it a mili- military setting? Is it set in a military?
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Game?
2: Could be Gears of War. Could be. I
3: can't.
0: Uh, I can't well, accu- accurately answer the military setting question.
3: Whoa, is it? Hmm, do you play as soldiers who are in an army? I think we just asked them. Is that the? That could be different because you could be like, is Halo military or do you mean modern yeah. era military? Yeah. I think that was the struggle. Yeah. I don't know. Do you play as a human?
5: Yes. Do you hide behind strategically positioned, like ch- waist high, cover in the game? Are you ducking behind?
0: Well, little blocks here. of cover. I'll, I'll give you. A, there is a cover system. That's ten. Okay. Uh, it could be uncharted.
5: Could be well, though that's actively not military.
3: And could was be... uncharted multi? Was there yeah. competitive uh, yeah. multiplayer? Okay, yeah, I just uh, never dipped sure. into it. Was there, uh,
2: is this a console exclusive? No. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> Multiplat, third person cover shooter.
2: Is it from a publisher that has E3 press conferences?
0: Well, <laughs> not today. Cool. No. That, that's actually weird. <laughs> yeah, that is a little weird. Konami, Sega. Do
4: Do I we don't know. Have- Japanese, that'd be we weird, weird at this point.
5: actually help. No. Oh, we don't even know what like after 2000 covers such a time frame.
3: That's true. Yeah. I was thinking of asking after, well, but it's last gen,
5: yeah, that's that kind of narrows but it down. It's at least last gen.
3: I want to ask is there, a, is there a clean way to ask whether it's fanciful or grounded in reality?
5: <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. That's like Sam's Um, favorite question.
3: (laughs) Okay, uh, does this game take place in uh, modern on modern day Earth? Yes. Okay.
4: Uh, Ghost Recon.
3: Yeah, and yet he seemed to struggle with a military question. It seems like that would be so cut and dried.
5: Well, maybe there. I don't know what. I don't know who you are in those games. You're some shadowy someone.
3: That's true. You're disavowed by the government. Probably. And the E3 press
2: conference question might exclude that.
5: That's true.
4: They do have press conferences.
2: Is this a Japanese game? No. Who would have?
4: I don't know. Activision.
2: Activision
5: doesn't have conferences anymore.
2: Oh, yeah, of course. That's a really good, good point.
4: Is this an Activision game? No. (laughs) That's 15. We started off so good. (laughs) Yeah.
3: It's third person also.
4: We started off so good.
3: Well, wait, is there Gears of War is excluded or? Well, he said modern day Earth. Yeah.
5: Well, and it's exclusive. This
2: is a multi-platform game.
5: That's
3: right.
2: So, okay. So uh, military and then that Gears of War is obviously. That's what's really weird. It sounds like a cartoony almost game or
4: something like that.
5: So it takes place on modern day earth. It's multi-platform. It's not Japanese. You shoot guns at each other and it's not first person and it's not two dimensional. And, and, and then the company that made it used to have E3 press conferences. Uh, I didn't say that. I
0: said they don't they have them today. No, I said they don't have them today. What the hell? <laughs> that doesn't necessarily.
3: That could mean they never had one,
0: right? Oh,
2: is this an indie game? No. Well,
3: what's the series? The name is slipping my mind, but it, where it's fully based on grapple hooking and uh, hang gliding around. No? Anyone? And hang gliding. Bueller. Far
2: Cry. Uh, just Cause.
3: Uh, just Cause. I was like, it's like Far Cry, but you have a grapple hook oh, and it's sillier. Just Cause. Yeah, maybe Comes those.
5: Do those games have multiplayer in them?
3: I just know it's third person shooty modern day. Yeah, yeah.
2: Those games too.
3: That's true.
5: I don't I don't know if those games have they must have a multiplayer mode. It could be I mean it could be something st- it could be like, you know, Saints Row or like something Oh, weird.
3: Or Project Mayhem or something weird like that. Yeah, all, Although all that was current were, gen. Who published
2: both those games? That's what I need to know. Uh nobody and, knows. Saints Row's is THQ is it? Yeah. And uh and just cause would be probably like Square Enix or something like that. Uh, it's hide us.
3: It's yeah, amazing I, to me that the publisher helps you. That doesn't help me as much.
2: I know, but it's like it's like a it's it's a from from doing the industry for a long time. This for do. sure. Um, and, is
5: this game? It does this game have a open world single player campaign? No. Oh, Great cool so it's not any of those
2: <laughs> nothing we've not mentioned sure. so yeah, far single, ca- single player campaign i think that's a really cool idea like what if this is just multiplayer i also don't think I those think games know. have. I screwed it up the question that we talked about i think tina brought up last week was this is this a multiplayer focused game
3: that's mm. yep that's a good one uh, I was I was and also get, just, kind of
5: just that. cause just cause does not have a cover system you know saints oh that's you. true
3: I don't recall it having a cover system or at least not like you, you, not where you snap to cover. You know what I mean? I assume that's what he meant when he said there's a cover system. Those games are
2: also open world. So it's not any of those.
3: There's a little context
2: I can think of where you're like taking cover and shooting. That's not military, but it might be like some post-apocalyptic game or, Oh no, it can't be because it's modern day earth. Why would people be killing each other? What if it's like payday? I'm just trying to think of why people are killing each other. On payday could day be Earth. Payday yeah. could be really payday. good. Yeah, you know, like crime, right? Crime, crime, like just mm-hmm. a crime game too. I don't know what perspective Payday is.
3: The getaway, I think it's a an square game. That's a real. That's a open world. That's a game. deep cut. Oh, it is. You're right.
2: Um, I don't know who published Payday either. And then there's like other like crime mob games, like uh, um, mafia type stuff. Yeah, those are all open world.
3: And Japanese. Should we ask if it's multiplayer focused or do you think it's too late? That question boat has sailed.
5: I think Where would that leave you. Payday? That would, payday That's is, I think, cash, exclusively right? multiplayer. Yeah, go for it, Michael.
3: Uh, is this game multiplayer
0: focused? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can you refine your question?
3: Um, oof, if is most that, people play this it, game for for the multiplayer did most people spend the most hours with this game engaging in the multiplayer component he doesn't I, know i can't answer that question <laughs> don't know for sure okay could
5: it be is there anything stopping it
0: from being max pain one two or three um yeah. just remember that there are different types of multiplayer well we did say competitive
4: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. what do you what are you getting at what uh, does that mean? Maybe
3: maybe you're not shooting at each other, but you're I'm thinking of like police trainer, you're competing for a high score. Right. Or um you're bowling.
2: We we explicitly said you're shooting each other.
3: You're bowling and you get mad, so you shoot at each other.
2: Yeah, what how does this comport with the are you shooting each other with guns
0: question? That's confusing.
3: Uh, that's just, true. We said just, are you shooting at each other with guns?
0: And he yep. said yes. Yep. you, I think I believe your question was that was there a what a competitive multiplayer mode? Hmm. I, I don't like this one bit.
3: I don't like. So oh say, maybe. Oh. Maybe. Could it be a Resident Evil? No, because it's not. Japanese. No, modern day Earth and Japanese. Yep. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't. Uh, do we?
0: I. where did we screw up, Damon?
3: <laughs> yeah answer that yes or no where did we
0: screw up um <laughs> well you do you, you do screw up by not um asking if it's multiplayer focused but then that that's also tough because there's different types of multiplayer and a game can have different types of multiplayer i'm gonna assume all, all we have the same an... game
2: that that
4: yeah. thing
0: no. he's
2: saying doesn't make yeah. sense to me but no. i know it's supposed to i know like, it's... I of, like multiplayer it, like competitive multiplayer has like there's like puzzles yeah. There's well it's
5: probably it's probably like it's probably like some shooter game, but then the multiplayer was like only racing. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Like something weird like that.
0: Yeah. I don't know, man. I, here's I, another here's another big hint. You've said the name of the publisher.
3: That is a big hint. I, What's that I, do for your memory, Palace, Sam? Come on.
2: Yeah, I and mean, I, we mentioned uh IDOS Activision. IDOS and Activision.
3: Yeah, uh, uh, THQ. THQ, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Tomb Raider. None of, them, I none does. of those does. Deus Ex have it. No, nah, it's not modern day. Curses.
2: Should we do a Hail Mary for one like THQ or something?
3: I, yeah. Yeah. I think we got here. Go for it.
2: I, I don't know if David likes that one.
3: Um, yeah. Is this a THQ game?
2: No. Okay. What, so,
0: how many questions are we at? You have one question and a guess.
2: All right. Well, should we do? Is it a uh, Square Enix game? Yep. Is this a
0: Square Enix game? Even though, okay, even though you know it's not made in (laughs) Japan.
2: Oh my (laughs) gosh! I mean, that's the thing. I don't know who to publish it. We asked. We asked the Activision question, right?
3: I think we did ask. Is this Activision? Didn't we? No. Yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah, We did. My bad.
3: We did. Okay. Who else to be mentioned? Two K, (laughs) Idos and THQ. Is this an Idos game? (laughs) Yes. All right, you have a guess. (laughs) Well, that doesn't help me at all. Other than Deus Ex, that's the only one I know is Idos, and it might not be.
2: What did they make, Sam?
3: What do they make?
2: (laughs) They made Just Cause and Tomb Raider, I think. And uh, before those had different publishers.
5: Um, Yeah, well, it was Core Design developing it, and Idos publishing Tomb Raider back in the day, right before they Mm -hmm. got bought by Square. Is that the correct history? Maybe
3: something like that. Yeah, an installment of Tomb Raider wouldn't be a bad guess.
5: Well, I yeah. don't know that any of those had multiplayer, did they? Certainly, not I don't com- know com- either. Competitive okay. multiplayer, or did they?
2: Yeah,
3: I don't, I don't know.
2: And
5: then, well, um, the one did the second one, did the second one had that really weird multiplayer mode where you got the cards.
3: Weird multiplayer is kind of what he seemed to be dancing around. What, mm-hmm. which, which,
5: yeah, true. What was, like the, what was the second of the modern Tomb Raider trilogy called?
3: Oh,
2: just Rise of the Tomb Raider?
5: Rise of the, Or is that the third one? Shadow was the third one. Shadow was
2: third. Yeah. So,
5: I, for the record, I think that this is a bad guess. But as, yeah. far, as, as far as guesses go, like, it's not that bad.
2: Well, and is also, it- that was published by Square Enix, so it's just not it.
5: Well, but it wasn't developed by them, and I think we asked where the game was made.
2: No, we are talking about the publisher
5: okay well i don't know that's what i would guess
2: and that means it's last gen is it's just gonna be really hard for us to get to all right yeah i don't i don't have a guess i think we can just give up
0: all right everyone gives up
2: yeah Mm -hmm.
3: well we guess rise (laughs) of the tomb raider on the one one thousandth chance that it's
0: right but yeah (laughs) you're guessing rise of the tomb raider that's right even though you know it's not this gen Hey, we don't like it when you do okay. this to us. We tried okay. to give up. Okay, we give up. We give up. He's right. We uh, give up. This this game is a third person shooter with a cooperative campaign uh, on 360, PS3, and PC. It was developed by IO Interactive when they were taking a break from Hitman, and it to was Kane published. Lynch. It was published by IDOS. It is Kane and Lynch Dead Men. Oh my
3: gosh. gosh! I did play that game. Too.
0: I played Kane and Lynch too,
2: like a sucker.
3: Yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> Yeah, wow. Kanan Lynch, Deadman. Yeah, so the the there's also competitive multiplayer mode, but then the campaign is cooperative.
2: Which I mm-hmm. think was Payday like.
0: I think Payday is, is well. You, it's I think Payday is cooperative for people try to rob a bank, right? Well, but I think I think it's mm-hmm. cops versus robbers.
3: Hmm. I think
0: okay. so. Uh, yeah, I ba- barely remember.
3: Huh. But yeah, that was that game's big selling one. point: co op campaign.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As for the military question, I think you're like a former soldier, but yeah, then you that's, might, that's but you that, might that, be. We got yeah. to crime game.
3: And you're just embroiled in issues. Yeah, yeah, it's not really military. We still wouldn't have gotten it,
2: but we would have, because like, I think like when we started thinking, like, how could you be shooting people? We got to cops and robbers.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That was pretty good.
3: No, well, the Senate the synapse that remembers the name Kane and Lynch has not fired in my brain for <laughs> some time. Mm-hmm.
5: There's that era of like Kane and Lynch and like army of two. Army and of like Two. There was like yep. a hot second where that was a thing.
2: Uh, does it have a, a statue in the IGN office is one that we should be asking. Mm.
3: Yeah. Wait, I do have, Can- yeah, I haven't do have seen a of Kane, of Lynch. Kane and
2: Lynch in the office. Well, there was,
5: yeah. I, I don't, I haven't seen that one in a while. I'm sure
2: it's disassembled with uh with a dismemberment all the way up to 10 uh, in one of our storage units right now. Yeah, or it's
5: in the burger <laughs> I've seen time. I've that. Time.
2: Like our um our facilities manager will take those statues and they actually come apart in these like terrifying ways. And then I'll just walk by a box and they'll just be like limbs everywhere. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, the first couple of weeks I was working there, uh, he had his, you know, the closet where all his materials are open. And for weeks, I just saw him assemble a goose from Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> then we went on quarantine. We never even placed it in the space, but he crazy. built a goose.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I was thinking that uh, if you turned up the dismemberment settings on a game with spiders in it, you would just get so many limbs that it'd be hard for a, a, a system to handle. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag too many legs. Yeah, especially if it was like one of those clowns that has a spider for like its neck hole, and then like if you neck hole
3: hashtag neck hole, there would just be hairy
2: spider legs everywhere. Is this the opposite of ASMR? Yeah. Shouting about hairy spider legs. Just um, yeah,
3: a bag of spider legs shaking down <laughs> on top of you <laughs> is anti-ASMR.
2: As you slowly turn your mouth upward. <laughs>
0: I, 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 did IDOS used to have E3 press conferences? I don't know. I don't know. They used to be a publisher, and then they were purchased by Square Enix, and now they're a studio. Oh, still making like Deus Ex. At and least I helped.
2: impressed Michael by mentioning publishers and making it seem like it'd be helpful. That was my goal. That okay. is like, well, that's, you guys. It's record. like a
3: magic trick to me. Yeah, to know by publisher. That's just of. of I would absorb every word of every game pro, except <laughs> yeah. what company was responsible for yeah. what. I didn't You're care. definitely
5: right. Like, there's definitely a weird, like, video game culture is weird in that game. Like, Activision makes Tony H- like no who who's like what label is like Rihanna signed to? Like, I'm a fan of BMI yeah. music. Like, nobody yeah, knows know. that stuff. Yeah,
0: or movie studios. Yeah, for
2: 10 years doing it, and it just gets vacuumed in there. Universal movies are the best ones. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, all right. That is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Borba, working behind the scenes. What was that, Sam? I said bye, listeners. But
2: I also oh, wanted yeah. to say uh, good luck to our competitive uh, skater and our competitive uh, yurt liver.
0: I don't know if he's competing in his yurt living. You're better than you, I think he's
3: <laughs> he's the number one yurt liver on Game
0: Scoop history.
3: I think at this point, I think I think
5: he's actively not competing. <laughs> he's yeah. competing the least amount possible. <laughs> you know, he's competing liver, for time on that
2: that solar array.
0: <laughs> liver is already a word with a very different meaning. We're not livers. We're we're not all livers who are living. <laughs> yurt dweller, fine. My name is Damon, this is IGN Gamescapes, and we're out.
1: It's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the New Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Seven ribs are completely fused. And you have no idea where this came from? No. She was sent here anonymously.
4: Mm
1: not she. They, maybe? Wait. I've never seen anything like this.